0: So when we, when we start working with families, we typically like to start working with them, you know, freshman, sophomore year of high school. We, first thing we do is we take a personality profile to help them and us understand, you know, who they are, how they're wired, what are their strengths, what are their passions, mm. and what career path makes sense for them right now. So now we can start to build a college resume and say, okay, these are the schools that offer what, what will help you get to that career path later on. And these are the types of admissions requirements that they have. So if we start building your college resume now to fit those admissions requirements later, you're differentiating yourself from the 10,000 other kids or 20,000 other kids or 60,000 other kids that are applying to that school.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back Money Talkers. Uh, I have a very interesting guest today. I have Terry Rummel with us, uh, Terry Rummel Jr. actually from uh, College Dream Builder and we're gonna talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, I really think it's really something that families need to focus on and should be very applicable to what, what we're doing uh, with Money Talkers and opening up the doors to talk about things. But he is from College Dream Builder. Uh, it's a website where they help with admissions and uh, financial aid. And we're going to dive deep into that. And so first of all, I just want to say thanks and welcome to the show, Terry.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, man. So I'm uh, I'm excited to jump in with you um, in this specific topic because... Uh, it's a hot one right now, you know, between it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's really on a lot of people's minds, especially parents, especially, uh, kids, especially even kids that came out of college talking about financials and, you know, the student loan debt and how to get into colleges and all this stuff. And so, um, I guess if you could kind of give us like a little, uh, groundwork of what you do at college dream builder.
0: Yeah. So we help families find the most efficient way to send their kids to college. And we do that by combining college admission strategies, financial aid strategies, and college funding strategies to reduce college costs as much as we possibly can. And that's it in a nutshell. So with our admissions team, we're working one-on-one with the students to help them find that perfect school for them. And we're gonna have to base that off of a, you know, what's the best academic, social, and financial fit. And then we have the financial aid department that takes the financial aid paperwork off mom and dad's shoulders and make sure they're not making any mistakes on the paperwork which can cost them thousands of dollars down the line in, in financial aid. And, uh, and then we work with mom and dad to find the most efficient way to pay the bill. And we do that with our, um, our, our sister company, Pinnacle Partners Financial Group, that actually does you know, financial solutions for families. So it's a combination of two companies, but it's really uh, the bulk of the, the work is done under College Dream Builder.
1: Man, I got a, uh, I got a quick question about that. Like, how, If you were to take a percentage and guess like, how educated uh, families are, Going into the process, like what percentage do you think you'd put them at when they land on your
0: doorstep? Oh man, very low. Um, the financial aid system alone is just cycling. You know, they don't understand the, the different um, areas where you're penalized. You know, there's so many different things that go into it, but the, the four main factors are parent income, parent assets, student income, student assets. And if you can figure out how you're being penalized in those four areas, you can, you know, move some levers to really increase your financial aid award. And then when it comes to the admission side, parents are mostly just lost. You know, like you and I, we went to school. I'm I'm assuming we're close to the same age. I'm 38, I just turned 38 two days ago. I'm 40, so yeah. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we're close. When we went to school, it was a lot easier. You know, there wasn't, you know, 2 million people applying to colleges every year. Mm. You know what I mean? And so the amount of people that are applying to schools are at an all time high and there's more competition than ever. And so being able to diagnose, you know, what's the best fit for you, what's the best fit for this student, why should we go here? What's the best reason to go here? That's really what we help the, the families with. And they have no idea, right? Yeah. Most families from Michigan, at least, you know, if you if for example, if you are an out of state student Alabama of Alabama, so let's say I'm you know out of state student, live in Michigan, I have a certain grade point average, certain test score, I can go to school at the University of Alabama for no tuition, tuition free well, you didn't know that, did you? No, <laughs> <laughs> no and, and 99% of people don't know that, and that's, that's how we help families, you know, we help them find those specific programs or specific schools that fit what they're looking for.
1: That That's fantastic, man, and that's, um, you know, it's one of those things for me that it gets bucketed in lately, so it's almost like the, uh topic of the day is like oh student debt is so high like you don't need to go to school you don't need a college degree that's so 50 years ago and yeah. you know it's it's not the truth of the majority of the of the population like there are very very amazing things that you can do by going to school and learning and growing up yeah. and doing those kinds of things with strategies but I think what's you know sticking to a lot of people is the time amount, amount of time they're they're or what they're paying for I guess and so mm-hmm. I think your service is extremely needed um, in that regards and um, so
0: where how,
1: would it make more sense to start early
0: the earlier you can start the better and the reason that you want to start early is you can start to build your college resume so when we when we start working with families we typically like to start working with them you know freshman sophomore year of high school we first thing we do is we take a personality profile to help them and us understand you know who they are how they're wired what are their strengths what are their passions mm. and what career path makes sense for them right now so then we can start to build a college resume and say okay these are the schools that offer what what will help you get to that career path later on and these are the types of admissions requirements that they have so if we start building your college resume now to fit those admissions requirements later you're differentiating yourself from the 10,000 other kids, or 20,000 other kids, or 60,000 other kids that are applying to that school, and what it comes down to is fit, right? The colleges are looking for a certain type of student because they have mission statements. And they want to fulfill their school with students that fulfill their mission statements. And so, the earlier you can start to craft that resume to fit exactly what those types of schools are looking for, the better off you're going to be when it comes admissions time or decision time.
1: That's really interesting. So are they looking for, when you say a certain fit of students, not just grade point averages, it's not just SAT scores or?
0: No, that's a big misconception because when you look at, you know, U.S. News and they rank colleges, what, what's the two factors that they always put up on there? The average student grade point average, average student test score. Mm-hmm. But what they're not telling you is that we have this specific program and we're trying to find students that are going to fit that program. So let's say you want to get into just the medical field, the medical profession. Well, if you understand that at an early age, you can start to volunteer at you know hospitals or doctor's offices or somewhere in the medical field realm that makes you stand apart from somebody that just went and played soccer all summer. Right. So making yourself stand out in your specific niche, whatever that niche is, you know, some some families or some kids are you know, good at drama and they want to, they want to go to a school, you know, that, that's going to have a, a, a good drama school or art school or, or whatever it might be, whatever you can do to make yourself stand out and start standing out early and start showing that passion from an earlier age all the way through, the better the schools are going to look at you and the better your chances are of getting admitted.
1: And so it's pretty wide, right? Like as far as uh, the variety of niches?
0: Very wide. I mean, I mean, think about all the careers in the world, right? All the different types of majors that there are. It is is wide as that. <laughs> so, I'll, for instance, there was a, uh, a local school here. I'm, I'm up in Michigan. I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. There was a local school, uh, Western Michigan University. They had just opened up a paper engineering facility. This was about, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, whatever it was. But they were looking for engineering students to fill that facility. And they were throwing money at kids to come really? to that school. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's all about engineering. Yeah just one of those small, small niches. So um, in that regards,
1: do you think there's a difference in the success rate of the student coming out of the school as far as if they find the niche early and they, they uh, like, I guess I'm asking the question of, you know, Mm -hmm. does it matter what school you go to for what major you want to go to? Like is one engineering program the same as another, or is there more niche down past engineering side of it that you guys look
0: at? So the biggest piece. Most people look at just the school rank yeah. when they're looking at schools, right? So, but what you really want to look at is the program rank. So mm. where is your program rank within the industry? You know, most people don't think about Ferris State College in the middle of nowhere in Michigan for pharmaceutical school, but it's one of the top five pharmaceutical schools in the country. Really? <laughs> and you've yeah. probably never heard of this. <laughs> so it, it is all about what you want to study, what type of school do you want to go to? You know, do you want to go to a big school, you know, with the basketball team, and the football team, or do you want to go to a small school with smaller classes and you can get to know your professors? You know, that's the first piece of it. The next piece of it is what, um, what am I studying and what does the college have to offer? Is it a good program or is it not a good program? And the better the program, the better job opportunities you will have when you graduate from college.
1: Yeah. And I think that, uh, I'm a big proponent being in the financial world. And as long as I have, mm-hmm. is that setting a goal and then working backwards to get to it. And so um, it sounds like that's the approach that you guys are taking is saying, okay, like, I really like that you start with the personality type uh, on Mm -hmm. the test. And so why do you, why do you think you, or not why do you think, but why do you do
0: that? So a couple of reasons. One is I did mention earlier, getting the kids into the right schools for the right reasons. One, because we don't want them to drop out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the most important thing. You know, me personally, I went to, went to community college out of high school because I had no direction. We kind of talked about, it, that, about that earlier with your guidance counselor too, right? <laughs> and um so I had no direction, went to community college, changed majors four times. And finally I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm wasting my money. I'm wasting my parents' money. Let's get out of this. And so what we end up doing is, um gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot the question. I got in the middle of the story. Oh, kind of no, <laughs> no, that's fine. I want to hear about this because this is kind of, this is so
1: realistic to people's lives. Like yeah. when I, You know, everybody, we talk about this with other guests and like, People say, "What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up?" And like you're expected to yeah. know, right? And it's like it's yeah. For me, I was clueless. I wanted to be a marine biologist, and I just knew that because yeah. I wanted to live the ocean, like. And I ended up uh-huh. being a finance major. You know, I went through the whole gamut of like all these majors <laughs> and no idea and all this stuff. And so, um, no, I, I was interested yeah. in what you were saying about your story about going like what what happened. So you went to community college, figured out community you kind of were directionless, and then what?
0: So community college for two and a half years, which is way too long for a community college, right? (laughs) And then finally, my parents were like, you need to figure this out because we're going to stop paying for you to go and just figure your life out. It's too expensive for us. So I I dropped out. I went and I worked for my uncle and he owned a plumbing company. So we did new construction plumbing. And I did that for a few years. And then the 08 recession hit and all new construction halted. And I had to find something else to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew I didn't want to be in plumbing my whole life. And so I, um, I had talked to, it was actually, it's kind of a funny story. My, um, my wife's dad is the one who had started this, this company. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what, why don't you come in and take a personality profile and just see what you would be good at, you know, because options are limited. You might as well be happy with what you do next. And so I did, I came in and it was, it's this company that I now, you know, part owner and president of, but came in did the personality profile and it said, you'd be good at sales and marketing. I was like, huh. I'd never thought of that before. You know, I love talking to people. I've never sold anything before, but it makes sense because I like to build relationships. And so that's what I did. I went back to school, got my degree in two years, and I started an intern here in, in at Northwestern Mutual. And I just, you know, decided to come here full-time and work my way up the ladder from intern to marketing director to vice president to president to, to part owner.
1: <laughs> Man, that's uh. And it all,
0: it that's all started a... with this program, which is why I, you know, I believe in it so much. And I know how much it actually helps people because it changed my life.
1: Yeah. And I, I the reason I asked that on the personality test side of where you start there is because, like I said, I know a lot of people ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you kind of mentioned earlier, there's so many professions, right? Like I had no clue. I knew like five things. Like it was like, you're going to yeah. be a doctor or a lawyer. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be either one of those, <laughs> but that's like the only two jobs I know of. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't even, yeah. I was just so clueless and like
0: oblivious to everything.
1: And me so, um, when I
0: thought about sales back then, I thought about car salesmen, right? I didn't think about you know, like me sitting in front of a family saying, "Hey, this is a good fit for you," to help with college admissions. Yeah, like you you know, that, there's it, a sales, there's a sales thought,
1: going on in every single business. There's a sale going on, and you know, no I, I idea. i never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, but I think it's really cool to start with the personality test because I think it's uh, a good place to start thinking that um, what instead of what you want to be when you grow up, it's kind of like mm-hmm. what are you passionate about what do you you know where who do you want to be around was a good was a good point I had one of my guests bring up to me and they said why don't we ask kids like who do they want to serve like who do they want to be around like that's Mm -hmm. where they fit and then and then kind of guide them that way and that seems like Mm -hmm. kind of where you guys start with the colleges which is really interesting um I never crossed my mind either you know thinking about the (laughs) the different personalities of the colleges
0: yeah yeah it's it's a different way to look at things but when you start with that personality profile and, and you, you, you build the resume and you get to that point where you're applying to colleges, the likelihood of you dropping out is so low. So over 97% of our kids graduate from college.
1: I saw that number on your website to, and that is fantastic, man.
0: Yeah. When you compare that to, you know, 50% of the national average, we're doing something right. You know, yeah. it's the combination of, you know, this, this, just the admissions program, making sure they're happy and they're going into college for the right reasons. And, you know, helping mom and dad, making sure there's actually a solution to pay the bill. Because the majority of people that drop out, it's not because they don't want to be there. They have no way of paying the bill and they don't want to graduate with a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. Yeah. I
1: was gonna say, the worst thing possible is that you go three years, rack up a bunch of oh. debt and walk away with no degree. And you, you yeah. basically just shot yourself in the foot. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs>
0: it's funny you say that because I use that line all the time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. there's nothing worse i was in that point right because i had some student loans when i was at community college but i had nothing to show for it yeah well now i'm paying for something that you know you can't claim bankruptcy and get rid of it yeah so you're stuck with those student loans forever
1: yeah and now but now you've lost the multiplier that you're supposed to have gotten to help pay for it you know exactly And, and and you lost two or three years of probably earned income you could have had while you were doing it in the first place and so yep you know, um, but I I really think that's an interesting concept about doing that personality test. I'm sorry I keep coming back to it, but it's just like it, oh, it's okay. it, it just it's kind of rattling around in my head. And so, yeah, um, you know, because I think about jobs, like I think about how many people like pick a pick a career or they get into mm-hmm. a job that they hate, you know, and they're oh, just man. like miserable to it. And I'm just thinking about like with colleges that the the dropout rate, you don't want to have that happen. And to for you guys to match mm-hmm. that up, that's got to have a big part of that 97 percent graduation rate that you guys go through because. There are like, I I, my friend went to Stetson, was by me. Um, Mm. and I went to UCF, we had 50,000 students, and I was right where I wanted to be. I went and vetted, I went and visited him, and they had something like I don't even remember, it was like less than my high school, right? And I was like, I I was like, I would go nuts in here, like, I was, I couldn't wait to get into like you know, a big school to kind of be more anonymous. And on the Mm. flip side, he loved it because he, it was, they, knew, there was like a big community and they were all like kind of close and friends and this and that. And so like, it it would have been really difficult because I used to visit them because it was only down the street, you know, Rollins college yeah. is another one, like in Orlando, like we would go there and I'm like, you know, everybody here. I'm like, I can go to my school and I can go a week without seeing anybody I know. And I love that, you right. know? And like, yeah. And I, and I just think about that because we don't, I think we just kind of fill out the forms and
0: send it off without that, you know, uh, consideration. So, mm-hmm. And a lot of the transfers that end up happening is, you know, it's for for two reasons. One is exactly what you were talking about. You know, I I show up to, you know, Rollins College, which is another small college. And I find out that it's the size of my high school. And it feels just like high school. Yeah. And I hate it because I wanted to have a different (laughs) experience in college. And so what happens is a year, a year and a half later, it's like, mom, I'm miserable. I need to go somewhere else. You know, I love the programs. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But I hate where I am. And so what do they do? They'll transfer to a UCF or, you know, a Grand Valley state, like, you know, a school that I went to. And then the next piece is um, when you have the, um, goodness, man, I cannot keep a train of thought today. (laughs) So the two reasons that you transfer and the next piece is um, so the program. So when you get into the wrong program and you you don't take the personality profile and you don't understand where you want to go, you know that's why you end up transferring as well so those are the two main reasons and the one big thing that you can take away from a transfer is not all of your credits are in a transfer Mm -hmm. so you've paid for classes that don't transfer over Mm -hmm. and transferring can be expensive because of that
1: that's that's a big thought about that um Mm -hmm. you know and i and i I know that that was a weird thing because i had ended up transferring some credits between Mm -hmm. schools one time and yeah i was lost again Like the, the Mm. amount of like information you get, it's like going to the DMV, you know, you go into like the registrar's office or whatever that thing was called. And you go in there and they're just like, yeah, go over there. Like they're just annoyed, like they do it every day. So they're just like annoyed that you don't know how to do it. And they're not really like trying to give you the best advantages most of the times it feels like, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and a lot of them are just students that work at the school that are just there, you know, for yeah. their work study.
1: Yeah. Just passing <laughs> time basically. So, um, yep. so on the, uh, on, on the other side of this coin of not just not only matching up the right kind of college with the right kind of personality for success, which I, I don't want to downplay that cause that is huge because there's not, yeah. like we said there's nothing worse than going three years, racking up a bunch of debt and then, and then just dropping out or being miserable at school. Right. Like you shouldn't yeah. put yourself in a misery situation for four years if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side of this too, uh, the other side of the coin, I guess, is the, um, you know, on the financial side, that's, I think that's a big sticking point for a lot of people right now, because, you know, as you go through and they're, they're pulling out this debt and, and it's skyrocketed, you know, we've got more, um, we've got more student loan debt than we have car debt or credit card debt right now. Yeah, and yep. and, and it's like you said, it doesn't go away. There's no, We've got unfettered lending, right? And so, uh, you know, in this, the people who are kind of explaining these things, I feel like are not held to the same standard Mm -hmm. to make sure that the borrower who's never borrowed anything in their life is up to par and knows what's going to happen on the other side. You know, it's like all, it's all a payment game, Mm -hmm. you know? which is what car dealers do. Um, you know, what most of the dealers do, most buyers, where we're really getting a lot of finance, a lot of debt, is that we're working on payments, right? And I feel like they're doing that right. a lot. Like, oh, you don't have to pay us anything, you know? And then all of a sudden it's just, you know,
0: <laughs> tidal wave. It's it's funny you say, it's it's the opposite way in college though, right? It's just a number. Yeah. And then payments come out later. Yeah. They don't Unless well, I'm saying it's free money, payments, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry it's about free it. free money now. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what we do with families is... You know, once we've helped them to apply and they get accepted into their schools, then the, the schools are going to send what's called an award letter back. And the award letter tells you what type of financial aid and how much financial aid you're going to get at those schools.
1: So, so we can think, we do one thing right there? Can you yeah. uh, give the difference between financial aid and um, you know student loans? Like Just to kind of clarify that for people that are listening.
0: Okay. So when you think about financial aid, student loans are a part of financial aid, but they're going to give you financial aid with two hands. One's going to be gift aid and one's going to be self-help. Self-help is loans, student loans, and work study. So with student loans, you're going to get the direct loans, the federal direct loans, which are the best loans for for college. They're the lowest interest rate and with some the interest is deferred and and some there's not, but all the payments are deferred until after you graduate from college or you drop out. Those are the best loans to have. On top of those loans, you can also have Perkins loans and um, Parent PLUS loans to help fund the bill later on. Um, those aren't the best options. There's, there's some different options out there that you can use um, depending on your financial situation, but those are expensive loans. They're not the type that you really want to get. So that's the self-help side. The gift side is scholarships and grants directly from the school. And This is where the fit piece that I talked about, this mm-hmm. is where this fit piece comes in the better that you fit the school, the more you can expect to receive more of the gift aid of the grants and the scholarships from the school. And so when you get your award letter back, it's going to be filled with federal direct loans, subsidized or unsubsidized, or maybe some parent plus loans in there. And then there might be some grants and scholarships directly from the school. You'll see the, the presidential scholarship, which is a very common name for a scholarship, or somebody with a big and down with their name will be you know their scholarship, whatever it might be. And so when you get your financial aid award, you look at it and it says, well, I got a you know, let's say I go to a private school that's $60,000. Well, wow, I got $45,000 of financial aid to go to the school. Let's go. I have $15,000 a year out of pocket. That's great. Well, 35 of it is loans. Really? So 35 times five, right? Because yeah. the average kid goes five and a half years now. Now you're talking about $150,000 worth of student loans. So what we like to do is we, we take all the financial aid award letters from the family. We put them in a spreadsheet and we show how much financial aid you actually received. So, the other dirty secret about financial aid is most people think that, let's say the cost of a school is, you know, $40,000. Most people think if they have a full financial aid award, they're going to receive $40,000. But what actually happens is each school will meet a certain percentage of financial aid. So, some schools will meet 100, some schools will meet 80, some schools will meet 60. But if you have a $40,000 cost of attendance, and let's say you get Um, uh, your your EFC, your expected family contribution is $20,000 and they only meet 50% of financial aid need, you're only going to get a $10,000 financial aid award. So that other 10 is now an out-of-pocket cost that you weren't expecting before. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so what we do is we take that award spreadsheet. And the first thing we say is, okay, this is the percentage of need met at each school. So you can look right away and say, okay, well, this school only meets 40% or 50%. That one's pretty much out of the way, right? Because there's no way we're going to pay that much out of pocket. But these three schools that were also dream schools of yours or or on your top ten, they meet 80 to 90 to 100 percent. That's great. Now, how do they meet that need? Is it gift aid or self help? So the next piece we say is we, we do is we break it down in percentage. So this school meets 80 percent in gift aid, 20 percent in self help. Awesome. Well, school B does 20 percent in gift aid and 80 percent in self help, which means you're going to have a lot more loans. Okay. Well, if we're making the right financial decision then I'm going to choose a school that gives me more financial aid and more free money compared to student loans. Mm. And so the last piece, the last help that we give a a family is the financial side, the financial decision of what is it actually going to cost me to go to the school? And if you do choose, you know, the more expensive out of pocket cost school, what does that mean for you down the road? Well, that means you're going to have hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. Okay, well, that's going to be a thousand dollar a month payment, roughly. You know, depending on your income. Yeah. What happens if you meet your dream or your 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 significant other in school, and they also have a hundred thousand dollars of debt or fifty? Now you guys have a mortgage payment in student loans before you've even started your life together.
1: Yeah. Before. So let's make a job, the right decision.
0: Sure, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's make yeah. the right decision for the right reasons. You may like school A better, but is it really worth an extra eighty thousand dollars in student loans? you know, that's a decision that you have to make as a family, but having that information is very important. when you're, when you're considering what you're going to pay for college. I
1: couldn't tell you how important that is in my mind. That's yeah. just, it's, it's uh to get that clarity from someone who's been in finance. So I've been, a, I've been a mortgage, I've been a mortgage company. I've been a commercial banker. I've done mm-hmm. all, every kind of loan you can think of with people. And so like the, you know, the, the big, uh, problem for a lot of times is that if you don't get someone explaining things to you the right way you there's gonna it's a it's a um it's a hand trick you know what i mean yeah and and it's hey you know like you said the, you know you're gonna get forty thousand dollars from both these schools which one you want to go to jimmy and he's like oh mm-hmm. well, i want to go to that one because it has you know a xyz you know reputation or i like the football team better or whatever it is yeah. and then you're you're making a hundred thousand dollar decision without having okay. all the you know having all the uh having all the facts and 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 Mm -hmm. having that thing so i think counseling through that i would imagine this too so you know i talk a lot about with this about money talkers role is to hopefully open up those relationships for parents and kids um Mm -hmm. if they don't have this information and they're trying to make these decisions like do you you guys kind of come in as a third party Mm uh and and i would imagine kind of keep the tension down is that I guess a good way to say that, like, is there, is there, are you going yeah. to like counseling quite a bit? Like, or you're just like, it, you know, it, like it pulls the, like, you're the third party, the, the, yeah. I guess you don't have a dog in the fight, right. Other than like you want them to help them give them the best information to make the best decision. So does that help alleviate that, that, uh,
0: the talks? It does. We're consider us a neutral third party, right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. wants what we want, what is best for the student and the parent. And so what we, we tend to do is we help them make those, you know, financial decisions and help build the resumes and all that stuff but we take that project management role off of mom and dad's shoulders
1: because
0: mm. there's a lot to think about from freshman year all the way through graduating um, from high school and so we we take that project management role off their shoulders and we break down this big giant process into small manageable steps and then we have we're kind of that buffer between kids and parents because they each have their own dream for school right you know mom and dad want to save as much money as they can and not pay as much and, and you know johnny wants to go to you know northwestern and spend seventy thousand dollars a year because it just sounds like a great fun time in chicago but so we're that that neutral third party that says okay well that's a great idea <laughs> but why don't we look at these schools and we try to make a compromise we understand that it's you know it's a student's future and it's and, and it's a, one of the most important life decisions that they're going to make but mom and dad, in most cases, are paying the bill.
1: Yeah.
0: And so the tension comes from the student trying to start their life and mom and dad who have been saving for 20 years for this moment. You know, they've sacrificed yeah. for 20 years. And now Johnny's trying to make a decision based off of emotion and not facts. Yeah. And so sure. we, we get in the middle of that and we, we try to find that, that perfect solution for each family. Now, are we perfect every time? No. You know, yeah, there's some yeah. families, just, you know, they have drama and that's just how it's going to be. But, but the end solution is we've found those perfect group of, you know, 10 schools and mom and dad and, and, and the student have all kind of agreed upon, you know, those, those pieces at least. And, uh, and now it comes down to the money side. So this is the hard part. And this is where a lot of the friction comes into play is has the mom and dad had the discussion with their student on how much they're going to pay for college? And how much they're going to make the student pay for college. Mm-hmm. So if mom and dad have committed to paying 100% of the bill, well, they should have a part of the decision, right? But if Johnny's going to pay the whole way, then you know he's going to have more of a more of a deciding factor, right? And so we try to to blend that and make it a a, a less stressful, less argumentative process, and really make it simple for the family. in and, and it can be fun at times and it can be not fun at times, yeah. you know, because we take a lot of the, 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 backlash just because that's what we want to do. You know, we yeah. want to, to help save that family culture and have, let you have your dinner table back, you know, mm. because a lot of these conversations happen over dinner. Yeah. And so,
1: well, that, and they're, making, know, they're making of, these decisions without all the information. And so that I imagine well, raises true. attention up completely where it's like, well, you don't understand like kind of conversations, you know?
0: Right. Yep. And so when we break down the process and we, we give them all the information, it's, you know, it's it's a lot easier to make those decisions as a family than yeah. it is to do it on your own and and have misinformation and, and not really know the facts.
1: Man, that's um having that framework almost makes you like a coach, you know, and that's uh that's yeah. gotta be, you know, a, a, a much you know uh, easing factor for parents and kids to be able to have conversations because you're actually facilitating that they do that, and that's kind of yeah. where I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, we're just not going to talk about this because it goes away, <laughs> and we'll deal with it <laughs> another time. And then all of a sudden, it's like just make a decision, you know? And, it's, and so, um, by straightening things <laughs> out, time, right? yeah, <laughs> you know, it's that's a big, the same
0: thing with, with with saving for college. You know, we're yeah. always going to do it next year. We'll start next year. Well, yeah. next year becomes a junior year, and we don't have any money ready. So, yeah, what do we funny. do now? manana <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> well man listen terry um I, I man i i could dig in this it's such a it's such an interesting topic and it's such a, a educational need to be like um i've got a hard stop here and so um yeah. where can parents find out more about what you guys are doing because they they really mm-hmm. need this i mean like you're talking you're, you're talking about massive amounts of money and tension yeah. and but to me, like talking about the success rate of getting out of, you're talking to somebody who left with 15 credit hours left. Right. So like yeah. I walked with my, it killed my mom. It just drew her nuts. But I was like, no, I'm, uh-huh. just, I'm, I'm done. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I went and I, you know, luckily I had some successes early, which kind of, I think took the tension away from her, but you know, yeah. she was like, what are you doing? You know? And I was just like, I, this isn't for me anymore. You know, like I mm-hmm. want to do something else. And so I didn't make that, that number, uh, in the beginning. And, and, and I kind of wish that I had had better of a plan to, to do that you know Hmm. so how do how do parents find out more about what you do what's the best way that they can get in touch with you
0: so simple way is on our website we have a there's a button as soon as you go there's a button for a free consultation we offer a free consultation to anybody that wants it um because i needed that help when i was in high school and i wanted to make sure i could give this amount of help to as many people as i possibly can so you know, there, there are family or people at charge just for this first meeting. That's not us. That's not how we operate. We want to help you make those correct decisions. So if you have a plan, then we'll help you look at it and say, okay, your plan's perfect. Well, great. Just keep going and doing the things that you're doing. There may be ways that we can help you improve your plan. And we'll, we'll show you what that means too and, and what it means to work with us and what type of savings that we can give you. One of the big things that we do at these first appointments is we have an EFC calculator. So we'll say, this is what, if you, if you stay on this path, this is what you can expect to pay for college. This is your family EFC, which is your expected family contribution. That's the number the government says you can afford to pay for college. If you make some small changes, which we can help you with, your financial aid savings or EFC savings can come down to this much. And you can save this much every single year up the cost of college. And that's just one strategy that we'll use, one of eight or nine strategies that we'll use to help a family save money.
1: And that, that's, and so that you're, you're basically paying, paying them to get to, yeah. get, to make it easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're getting money for making it easier on yourself and your life and your family and getting the information. you oh. need.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's step one. And then of course we have services for hire. Our admission services aren't free because we have to pay the staff and the rent in sure. the building and everything. Um, but there, there are, you know, companies out there that charge $30,000 per student for what we do. And, you know, we, we charge, Three thousand dollars. So we we are in the industry. We are in the business of helping as many people as we can, give quality help, and that's really what we're down. That's really what we're here for.
1: And you know, um, and to that point, how expensive is it to go to college and not get the degree, or go to the wrong college, or just get taken to the woodshed on the on the financial aid side of it, and and those kinds of things, and then also it just it has a cost in relationship in the household and mm-hmm. uh you know you, you've you kind of got that senior year where the kids are like you know i'm a grown-up and the parents are like no you're not and you know and it's <laughs> like so there's already that kind of like you're and you're leaving the house and the parents are kind of empty nesting a little bit and you know yep. i i can't even imagine with that with my six and eight-year-old yet but um yeah i i just think about that part of it and like you said giving the dinner table back and enjoying that that time that you have together before they're heading out of the house a lot of times you know yeah
0: yeah i mean i you know i, I joke with my friends you know i it's like, would you, would you pay 3000 to save six? Yeah, uh, of course you would. And so what, what happens with a lot of families is we show them the amount of savings they can actually get and they don't believe it. And it's just, it's a math formula, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not tricking any numbers. It's a, it's a math formula. It's the same, the same formula the government uses to, to figure out your EFC. It's just, you know, we know how to, to save you money. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's something we haven't talked about yet, which is, uh, have you ever heard of Sage Scholar tuition rewards? No. So Sage Scholar Tuition Rewards is a program that rewards families that that have a plan to to send their kids to college. So these points are available at over four hundred schools across the country. And each point is equal to a one dollar scholarship at these schools. You can earn up to like fifty five thousand of these points. And you can get these points by working with us by working by let's say you purchase our, our tier three is our admissions program, right? So if you purchase our tier three, it costs around three grand, but you get 5,695 of these points, which is a guaranteed <laughs> tuition discount at these schools or guaranteed scholarship. So for some families, they get all of the work that we do for free because they go to these schools. Yeah. they're you know, We have a relationship with every school around the country and we don't push kids to those schools. But if your student decides to go to one of those schools, you get all of this admissions help at really no cost.
1: Yeah. You're actually paying them to, to help them.
0: But yeah. It's crazy. And then there's ways to work with us on the, on our blueprint, which we haven't really talked about to really boost those numbers up to get to the 40, 50, 60,000 per kid. And you can really save a lot of money that way, but it's, it's a great program and it's, it's really good for um those average type students and, and the wealthier families that aren't going to get any of the merit aid, they're not going to get any financial yeah. aid. So the only way they're going to get aid for colleges is, is really a program like this,
1: man. I think what you're doing is fantastic. Um, guys, you've got to, if you want to talk you're listening right now, you got to go out to college dream Um, it is, uh, probably going to be eye-opening. take advantage of this free strategy session. And again, even yeah. if you think you're doing everything right, it's always nice to have a confirmation as well, but I can yeah. pretty much guarantee you from being in finance my whole life, there are some things you don't know that are costing you quite a bit of money. And, yeah. uh, and if you're having that conversation and, uh, and you're getting ready to plan for it, the earlier you can get ready for something, the better. So, um, yeah, yeah reach out to Terry and his crew, um, at, uh, college dream builder.com. Um, and I want to say thanks again, man, for being on the money talkers.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's been a great time.